DJ PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Time to bring in Lincoln Kennedy, Raider Radio Analyst, Pac-12 Network Analyst. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. Utah will be in a drought next summer. Smart Rain knows 2022 budget planning is underway. Take advantage of their Save Now, Pay Later promotion and do your part by saving water while saving check while saving money. Check out Best of State Award winner Smart Rain at SmartRain.net. Lincoln, good morning. DJ, PK, it's LK, all day. Here we go again. How you guys doing? <laughs> okay, we will talk some football with you. You know we have to talk yeah, I know. I the know. big news, right? It is the headline. And sometimes when you're in the middle of something, you get a question, and you can hear the question and think, man, it's loaded with so much stuff, but what I really want to tell them is over here, but that doesn't really answer the question. But it's really the most important thing. There's a lot of facets to this, and there's a lot of different ways to go. What to you is is the most important one that I should be asking you about? I'm I'm honestly still trying to process what I found out in the last 48 hours. Actually, go back to the beginning of the weekend. Um, You know, first of all, not that it's it's part of it, but, you know, my my flight on uh, to go to Las Vegas was canceled by Southwest Airlines. So I was part of one of the 2000 flights that were canceled over the weekend. So I had to drive to Vegas from Phoenix, which is about a four-and-a-half-hour, five-hour drive, back and, and back after the game. Uh, it was an abomination of a performance by the Raiders. Lost to what I think is a, a pretty decent Bears team. All compounded with this information. So I was trying to process everything. And then yesterday, hearing the, 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 the remarks and the stuff, the rest of the emails that were shared between Bruce Allen and and Rich, I mean, not Rich, uh, John Gruden, um, it's been a little overwhelming. I, I, I worked for both of these guys. Bruce Allen was the team president when I was playing at the Raiders. Part of the reason they got me over from the Falcons to the Raiders was Bruce Allen, along with Al Davis. And John Gruden was a coach and had probably, you know, four of my best years playing under his uh, coaching or in a sort of coaching tree, the people that worked around him. Never once did I see an inkling of the information that I gathered or I got from the emails or, you know, heard about over the last uh, couple of days. So this is all surprising to me. I don't know what to make of it. The first, you know, at first when we heard on, on Friday, you know, the email about DeMarie Smith, the, the, the executive producer or executive director of the NFLPA, you know, I'm like, okay, well, you know, sometimes you have a little bit of slip-up. Uh, and it was, you know, when he wasn't in the league, so, you know, Connie gave him a little bit of a pass. Didn't necessarily allow, but just, you know, wanted more information. Didn't have enough right now to make a, to, to make a, a judgment. And then the rest of them. And in this day and climate, uh, you can't have that. I mean, you've got professional organizations that are changing all of their, you know, uh, ideology. They're changing all their graphics and everything else to try to be more, quote-unquote, politically correct. You can't have homophobic slurs and, you know, and, and talking about people and stuff like that, like that, and racist slurs. You can't have that. You can't tolerate that. So with that being said, was really surprised last night when the news came down from Mark Davis and the Raiders that they're letting him go. Uh, but at the same point, understanding why they had to let him go. Yeah, in my mind, as I read through it, and I don't have a depth of it because it's happened so quick, but the, just the headlines, basically, you, you ask yourself, does the punishment fit the crime? And at least for me, and it's a personal opinion, so take it for what it's worth, but I think the answer is yes. Absolutely. 
I, I agree with you. I, I think it is, yes. And I think it is, you know, what, what you have to, it, it's part of the times. You know, the, the fact is, is that we're trying to become a better country, I guess. And we're trying to focus on things that for people for a long time, people just let slide and allow. And it's created some, you know, uh, some separation and respect and, and, and we, need, we don't need more hate out there. We need more love out there. We need more kindness and happiness and tolerance, if you will. Uh, so, you know, having these remarks made by somebody who's in a very visible position uh, and one of the more, you know, popular, uh, iconic teams in professional sports, just professional sports alone because it's the entertainment, you, you can't have that factor, you know, hovering over someone's head. Lincoln Kennedy, Raider analyst, joining us. I think the, um, you know, I think the next chapter, the bigger story to look at here is the league will punish players and the league will punish coaches, but will the league hold owners accountable the same way? And I read some stuff about that last night, you know, the 650,000 emails, and there are people who believe it just stretches the bounds of credibility that these weren't forwarded and commented on by a lot of people, and the toxic workplace goes back to Dan Snyder. I will say on Dan Snyder's behalf, and I can't say I can't believe I'm saying anything on Dan Snyder's behalf, but he's not likable, and there are people who want to crush him for that. Now that aside, maybe he's not likable because he's said and done a lot of stuff in the way he's treated people and what he's overlooked. Do you think the NFL is sitting on info about him? Because clearly stuff was selectively leaked about Gruden to make Mark Davis make a decision and make a move and get rid of Gruden. Yeah, you know, when, when the whole Washington football team changing its image, getting away from the Redskins and trying to find a new, you know, mascot and everything else came out, you, fought, you heard about all these stories about Dan Snyder and his relationship with women and the toxic environment that he created within, you know, the, the Washington football team's organization. And, and then you heard about the possibility of pressure being put on by Roger Goodell and the other owners to maybe relinquish his ownership rights of the team. And I've always been with the mindset, like, how are you going to force somebody to sell something? You know, but at the same point, I'm taken back to the time um, when the, the Benson, who owned the, the Saints, when he was still alive, that they were unhappy with the way he was running the organization. They thought he was running the ground, and there was, there was speculation and rumors out there that they were going to try to get it from under him. And then Hurricane Katrina had happened, and you know they, 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 the, the NFL wanted to make sure that they gave the, the people of New Orleans something to, to look forward to. And of course, the Saints ended up winning the Super Bowl, but that's another conspiracy theory for another day. But long story short, um, when it comes to Snyder and other owners, I'm always curious on how they're going to force the hand of powerful men or powerful people or powerful conglomerates like that. Um, but there's a where there's a way. Will there's a way. Uh, they find, you know, I, I think they, they can get things done, especially when you look at well, Buffalo. It's a completely different situation. But the Buffalo Bills speculating that they might go to Canada or move elsewhere, how it was able to find some ownership to be able to keep that, that team in Buffalo for the time being. Uh, things like that have happened in big, big business. It goes on behind closed doors all the, all the time. We just, as a general public, have a hard time figuring out how it happened or why it happened uh, and, and see if, if that it can happen again. What Coach Gruden wrote was, obviously, we agree, unacceptable, we believe the punishment fits the crime and all that stuff. I'm wondering, through your years of experience and interaction with uh, dozens and probably hundreds, if not thousands of people, had you heard anything, any inkling at all, regarding Gruden with those 
words did actions meet the words? Because words are words, and it's not good. I'm not condoning it at all. But you'd have to think action would be worse than the words because then you're putting it into play. So do you know of any instance where anybody has anything to say regarding his actions connecting to those words? Honestly, no. Honestly, no. I've, I've had my time in dealing with Gruden. I thought that we were pretty cool with one another. We were always on, you know, high speaking terms. I never got an inkling of a feeling that that he felt that way. Never, never saw anything. Never heard anything. Never felt anything. Uh, so that's why it was so surprising, you know. And, and the number of emails, and then, and then the, the, you know, the things that, that were shared. Him and Bruce Allen, as I said at the top of the, the interview, I, I worked under those guys. Right. You know, and never had a sense, never had a feeling that way. Now, guys will be guys, and I will say this: it's not excusable. But you know, there was a, there was a time in my life, in my fifty years, where I've used some of those words. I'm not a saint. I've used some of those words, and I don't think it necessarily meant it in a, in a. I mean, I've used them in a context or a place in which they were talking, and this is just what you know people do at times. Yeah. Not saying it's excusable, but you would expect better. You would you would expect better out of people who are in positions of power or positions like that. Now, Gruden, mind you, at the time when he sent the emails, was working for ESPN as an announcer. I don't know if he ever planned on getting back into coaching again, but the fact that he sent them to a team website or a team email. The Washington football team made it public. He had to realize that this is going to be public, or things that were done in the dark will eventually come to light. And the fact that the you know the the, the New York Times and the NFL was you know uh, investigating Dan Snyder, so that's one of the reasons why they were going through these things. You know, you had to feel or had to suspicion had to have the suspicion that eventually they would come to light and hurt you and bite you in the ass, and that's exactly what they did. So obviously the football part is not even remotely close to the most important part of this, but the football will go on and people will wonder about it. Is this Raider season shot? Can this be a playoff team? They had a bad game in Game 5. I don't know how much this was known inside the organization and how much that played a factor in a performance that didn't look nearly as good as some of their other performances. What do you think? Well, I will say this. Um, On the football side of things, I think it's actually good for the team because here's what I've, I've thought for forever. I wanted Gruden to relinquish play calling as the offensive coordinator, mainly because I wanted somebody to take the emotion out of it. I thought that Gruden wasn't able to see the field clearly, being down on the sideline, calling it from the sideline, and no other coaches do it. But I've always been of the, of the mindset that an offensive or defensive coordinator needs to be upstairs, needs to see it from a bird's eye view like I do as an analyst calling the games and take the emotion out of it. Call the game logically in what you see with the flow from your vantage point. You can't do that on the sideline. So if there's one promising sign that might come out of all this, Derek Carr and Roman know this offense, also know this offense um, back and forth. Uh, If anything is to be had from this, it's the possibility that you – you get the play caller upstairs to be able to see everything, which might bode well for the offense because they do have weapons, and this is a talented team. They were incredibly flat this past Sunday against the Bears. I don't know if the, if the information that they heard about the, the email or the possibility played into that, but they were incredibly flat, no rhythm. And, of course, you always, I, I always give credit to the other side because those guys get paid too. Chicago Bears came in with a great game plan. 
game plan. They ran the ball down the Raiders' th- uh, throat. They were more physical on both sides of the ball, and the Raiders were soundly beat. That happens. Showdown here in Salt Lake City Saturday night. Who do you buy more, the Devils or the Utes? How about those Utes, huh? Yeah. Yeah, how about them? Um, really well played. I've got to finish watching the SC film uh, today. Uh, and ASU looked, looked, looked strong as well. But ASU has given Utah fits in the past. So um, it's, it's one of those games of whether or not you think they can get them. I think the Utes are ready for them. I think they are. I think they've had enough warm-up, enough challenges through this season to say that they're ready for ASU. I expect it to be a close game. UCLA's already got the loss to uh, ASU, so if ASU wins this, they are sitting pretty. Uh, And UCLA's got a difficult game this weekend. Do you think UCLA pulls it off, or are they going to back out of this race all, all on their own? I think they pull it off and they make it interesting. That's the great thing about the Pac-12. I, I like the competitive side. And, and, and nothing is a foregone conclusion, a conclusion especially, well, I guess we're in the middle of the season, if you look at it that way, um, the possibility. But I think UCLA is going to make it close. Uh, and it's going to be decided between the, the winner of this game between ASU and, and, and Utah. So, Lincoln, being a Phoenix kid myself, I always stop to get uh, Coke Zero in Wickenburg. I do not stop in Wiki Wiki Up, but I do stop to get gas and maybe a snack in Kingman. How'd you handle that drive? (laughs) Look, I tell you what, guys, it was not, it was, you know, Saturday, I think around, was it around 2? I think around two or three, I got the text message on my phone that my flight had been canceled, and I was supposed to leave around seven that night. So I was like, you know what? I got to get up to Vegas for the game. So I, I jumped on the road. There was a lot of traffic going into Vegas because there was a, a big weekend. Yeah, it was, yeah. A, it was a big sports weekend. You had the the Fury and Wilder fight right. on Saturday. You had, I think, the Aces played the the, the Mercury um, yep. and, and the and a playoff game on Friday. Yeah. Uh, of course, you had the big game Sunday. There were a lot of Bears fans coming into town. It's, it's a big sports weekend in Vegas. So there was a lot of traffic going up there. Had a couple accidents. Probably took me about. Five and a half, six hours to get there, uh, and I was not happy. By the time I got there, I was not happy. No, I wasn't. I was, I was dog tired. I was not happy. Well, thank goodness they put the bridge over the dam and also exactly. the freeway, so you don't have to go through Boulder City anymore. True story. True, very, very true story. I mean, I was thankful for that. But there was a couple of there was a, there was an accident on the on the uh, on the, uh, the, the the ramp coming out of Kingman. Um, there was an accident there, and there was also another accident that slowed things out. So it just made things rough. While doing the game and seeing that pathetic performance out of the silver and black, I'm like, man, I still have to drive back. <laughs> and, I, and, 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 of course, I wanted to jump on the road because I knew it was going to get dark quickly and, and wanted to get on the road. And it, was, it, was, it took me about five hours to get back. But I was so doggone tired and so doggone frustrated <laughs> with the performance I saw and everything else. I was just like, I just want to forget this weekend altogether. And then, lo and behold, Monday night, I get the information that my phone starts ringing off the hook about Gruden. I'm like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. I said, it just doesn't, it just doesn't get any better than this so, or any worse than this. So it's been a, it's been a trying weekend, and I'm still recovering. But, look, I, I've got to worry about from if, if Southwest is going to continue to cancel these flights because they're the airline I, I, I use. I'm not driving to Denver, damn it. I'm not driving to Denver, so we got to figure out something. Uh, maybe Frontier. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. <huh? laughs> All right, we appreciate it. Thank you, Lincoln. Thanks, guys. We'll talk next week, okay? Okay, Lincoln Kennedy.
Raider radio analyst, Pac-12 network analyst. You saw him at Pac-12 Media Day. And now he's here, firsthand for information, a personal relationship with Gruden. I can't believe it's played out this way. You were thinking, well, here's a guy who can talk about the Pac-12. The Raiders moved to Vegas. He gets the radio analyst job. Gruden gets hired. Well, he had it in news. Oakland. He was doing sidelines when you... I, right. He was doing sidelines, yeah. But, I mean, I, now I, he's I, a, obviously you know, I've known him since he was a player. He, he was, was a, a... For an offensive lineman, he was a massive name. I mean, he's a massive lineman, human being. He is. <laughs> offensive linemen tend to be more anonymous, but he was so good that... And they have, up at the Husky Stadium, they have banners on the outside... A huge banners up at the top. Mm-hmm. I don't know, probably thirty feet or something of of famous players, noteworthy, and he's one of them. So, uh, well, if his if his Husky. Washington Huskies can beat UCLA this weekend, that would be a big deal for both Utah and ASU. Uh, I'm not ruling them out, man. I think they're gonna. If even if I rule them out, I think they're going to have a say. Right, and they which can is have what a, I said all right. season long, and they can have preseason. A, they can have a say in the South by beating UCLA. And giving the Bruins a second loss. Well, no, I mean the Bruins. Oh, oh I see I, what you're saying. I'm not ruling the Bruins out. Even if they lose, they still could have a significant say. Because I said in August and, and before that they will be a tough out this year. And I still believe that. There's well, Nothing has happened for me to think otherwise. Right. So that just means they can come in and, they can come in and beat Utah. That's what it comes down to because now they've that's, lost. That's the they've lost thing, to ASU. Yeah, they've already lost to them. You're right. And and USC, who we thought could be a big game, they got all sorts of issues with three home losses and three Pac-12 losses. The only thing that's going to save them is if Dart gets himself back into the lineup and they feel a sense of revitalization. So Utah, uh, I think so far has been fortunate. In fact, why don't we just wait and we'll hit this when we come back? All right, we'll do that next. Stay with us, DJ and PK, ninety-seven five at twelve eighty the zone.